0: Hey, I'm David, and this is Dave Ed.
1: Well, and that's where trust comes in. And Mm -hmm. I've heard this phrase circulating the art space, which is called trust the process. Mm -hmm. Or do it for the process. That's the phrase that's been going around. But I've sort of taken it as like trust the process because Mm -hmm. the the act of getting started, even though you're feeling maybe stressed or overwhelmed by the technical sides of it, Mm -hmm. but once you get going... And then even, you know, choosing to call it quits for the day, there's this level of trust that, like, it's still going to happen. Yeah. Like, even if I take a break, Mm -hmm. it's going to unfold the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. In its timing.
0: There are people in my life that light me up. You just heard from Sarah Strait, who's my sibling and partner in crime for all the creative things that I find myself wrapped up in. I'm constantly sending her things to show her that are in the early stages of development. And she inspires me to make beautiful works of art. We talk about being focused on the process rather than on the results. When you're making something that means something to you, learning to trust that process. She's going to share a new poem that has never been heard before. And how the journey of the creative process reflects the journey we all go through in life. Join us as we talk about following our curiosities and see what's possible. Should we start with a song? Sure. Ready?
1: Ready. This, this is, is
0: the first.
1: Chow, chow. As siblings. Siblings. On David
0: Carson. Okay, so, um, my sister and I have been rehearsing that, uh, intro for 20, 26 years. years.
1: (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what?
0: Ah, that just shatters the thing where, you know, we always say that we're twins, because we just totally said different years. But nobody knows how old we
1: are, so, yeah, we're, we're
0: both 28. Or we're both twenty six. Or we're
1: both twenty six. Or we were trying to add in the fact that we weren't talking till we were toddlers, so you had to shave yep. off a few years. Yep. So into the number of years we've been practicing, we might be we've twins. Only been practicing since when we could talk, because we couldn't have practiced this before we could talk, unless you were mimicking my screaming while I was a baby. Wait, but we're the same age. So you were a baby at the same time. I was a
0: baby. You're pulling a princess bride on me right now, on the on the listener, on every
1: universe, (laughs) on myself. I don't know what I'm saying.
0: Um. So yeah, we might be twins. She might be older. I might be older. We might not even be. We might not
1: even know each other.
0: I was. I live in Round Lake. Lots of people walk by my house in Round Lake. You know this because you've met all of them. It's a lake. Yeah. I there's a a woman with red hair, and I just roped her in my house, and she's sitting in front of me right now.
1: That's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Which part? That you roped someone into your house? (laughs) Like
2: literal ropes.
1: I don't know, okay. like I know it's not true Because I'm the one sitting here, but like <laughs> Yikes
0: <laughs> You're like, don't do that Brother <laughs> Okay don't
1: do that to people So Sarah,
0: this is how this is going to roll I'm going to start at the very beginning A very fine place to start Do dear. <laughs> Did you not get
2: the reference?
1: No. No opinion. I also didn't realize we were going to be singing again. Oh. Well, I said... I was just waiting for anyway, you to tell okay. me things so, about what was going to happen.
0: Maybe some other people got the reference, but... Let's start from the top.
1: It sounded like you were quoting something, but I didn't catch what it was.
0: You know what I was quoting now, right? Well, now I know. Okay, it. so we can move on. Um, yeah, starting from the top. We grew up in the village of...
1: Is this gonna be the whole thing? <laughs> no, I was just
0: waiting for you to say.
1: <laughs> You're just gonna stop talking, and then I'm supposed to just say yeah. something.
0: We grew up in the village of Balsan Spa. Yes. Did you like it? The village?
1: It's a village of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly true. And it's a village, which it is, is cool village. because when you tell people that you grew up in a village, they like picture you carrying buckets of goat milk back to your house and stuff. And you're like, that's not what that was. But, but we, it's a fun word.
0: We got milk delivered in glass. We did. So, they're not caring. Oh, you're saying, you're talking about like dirt road. They're like dirt roads. Yeah. yeah.
1: People told me that once upon a time when I, when I just referred to the village. Uh-huh. They had no idea what to picture
0: okay so round lake is a little bit closer to that ideal mm-hmm. but we paved the roads and they're actually newly paved
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um so yeah we grew up together in boston spa and we loved it and i think where i'm headed with this is there are things we want to cover today and i guess what we want to cover is the trajectory of your life specifically
1: whoa okay <laughs>
0: So, I think let's I don't know just,
1: why but that sounds intimidating. Let's glean the things. For it.
0: Let's glean the things from the beginning that have brought you to all the things that you that light you up now. So, yeah. where there where there like little like what did you do as a kid? What did you do? What were your, the things you enjoyed? What were the things that made you go, "Yes."
1: Yes. It's funny. I feel like This is a good place to start because as I told you earlier this evening, I'm never not thinking. Mm. (laughs) So I spend a lot of time in my head and in my thoughts. And as a kid and into my adulthood, I've never known how to just purely enjoy something without also overanalyzing it. So I'm trying to remember back to just being a kid and being, and enjoying something. Like, I want to say I enjoyed drawing, but I also, every time I sat down to draw, I was like, I'm not doing this right. (laughs) Or like, every time I go to do anything, my brain's like, no, you could be doing this more right than how you're doing it. Or you could be enjoying it more, or you could be thinking about it less. And now I'm just thinking about how I'm thinking about it. (laughs)
0: So, have you done work on that to understand what that voice is?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, can you
0: name what the voice is?
1: I don't know that I can name what it is or why it's there, but I have done a lot of work to just turn down the volume.
0: Mm. That's cool.
1: And just let go easier. Mm-hmm. But I think some images that come to mind when you ask me that question of what I enjoyed as a kid, images of just running around in the backyard, mm-hmm. being outside. Yeah. And being physically active in a way that's just for play. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, skateboarding up and down the driveway or scootering or like playing tag in the backyard. Yeah. Know. how about you, you like
0: yeah I, yeah no that <laughs> resonates like the freedom to just experience the day to experience the people that you're with yeah like we grew up in a really special place on a dead-end street with a bunch of room to run
2: mm-hmm.
0: like we didn't have to worry about the road we didn't have to worry about like the woods but it, we had an enclosure of like a an a surround of trees mm-hmm. but it wasn't like wild woods
1: right where there right were like
0: things that are gonna hurt us so I think that that set us up to we you and I just don't have like the same anxiety I feel like that some other folks might have that like we didn't lock our door in Boston Spa. yeah
1: we, yeah you it's know? true but like you don't never locked the car doors never lock the house door. yeah
0: so I mean we still yeah. experience like Low-level anxiety, but we don't have that, like, we're always looking over our shoulder thing. Like, so, and I I do think that that's contributed to give us space to do things that we want to do.
1: True. It's interesting, though, when I experience other places, I feel like I have an awareness that I maybe should act more vigilant. And I don't necessarily know how to. Right? Like I'm aware that I have this trust that everything's just going to be fine. And maybe I shouldn't or (laughs) I feel a little underprepared for other corners of the world in some ways.
0: Constantly. I'm out and people are like, you should be careful about. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because I live very. I'm like here. The village is. Outside of my doorstep, mm-hmm. so people are constantly like, "Don't let your kids." Talk, 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 okay, they might. so people and then, it, and then you. It so could even be. people
1: in your village, oh, yeah, yeah, come from that place because this is a very yeah. safe
0: right corner of the world, right? But even yeah, I mean, our favorite song right now by Paramore. What does she say? To, you know, Haley Williams.
1: Yeah. Which one are you talking about? Turn, this, off, oh. turn off. Turn right. off. Right turn off the news but also the song this is why they just put out is all about this is why yeah, yeah. i don't leave that
0: yeah we just are in a culture of it's like yeah, fear stoking
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no yeah and i think to not even just beyond the art, the physical location of our house i think the perspective of our family was very like silver lining yeah. Almost rose colored glasses where often yeah. we weren't talking about what was wrong with the world. Right. We were just kind of ha- happy to be mm-hmm. happy.
0: Yeah. There was, I mean, it's definitely a coping mechanism to just be like,
1: it is. It it's is. Fine. <clears throat> yeah. And I've sort of reacted against that a little bit as I've yeah. grown and found myself more. I can find myself being comforted by. I don't know just saying things how they are or seeing things more plainly rather than having to like elevate them to this rosy place I'm mm-hmm. like very comforted by hard truths yeah when they feel honest mm-hmm. um have you seen the movie don't look up
0: yes no maybe <laughs>
1: It's Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, I haven't seen it yet.
0: I keep trying to watch it, but
1: it hasn't happened. About a comet or a meteor that's 100% going to destroy the entire Earth. Right. And the scientists are trying to help people see that. And the way Uh humanity reacts to it is very absurd and very out of line with what the situation is. And it's. I think they first were making it as a metaphor for climate change, but Mm -hmm. it also was coming out during the pandemic. And it was just very spot on with how big crisis happens. And there's so many sideways turns we take to not look at it directly or something. Mm -hmm. And watching that movie to me is actually comforting because I'm, I'm seeing something where someone is looking at, a problem directly in Mm. the face and actually talking about it.
2: Yeah.
0: Fear. We live at a time where anxiety is at an all-time high and global climate change is one of the leading factors of that. It's easy to feel hopeless and not want to stare this issue right in the face, but there really is hope. There are companies that are changing the game when it comes to the way that we live our lives. Arcadia Power has been one of the best decisions that I've made to know that I'm doing something to change the way that I consume energy. When I use energy, I'm getting it from clean sources. If you'd like to check out more about Arcadia Power and how they can supply your home with clean energy, visit the referral page on my website at davidstraight.org.
1: It's interesting. I don't know how much in me that is a reaction from the environment I grew up in or if that's just part of the way I'm wired Hmm. and I have just found my way into that because it's what connects with me.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear you because my personality is like I'm just going to hit my anxiety and my all the things that make me sad with high amounts of energy and just skate over the top of it. So it is, like you said, to watch something where someone stares like an asteroid in the face and says, this is what we have to do. Like, and calmly. Uh, yeah, I need to watch that. i wanted been wanting to see that movie. Especially now that, you know, Becca and I are in the fire department, which is a whole other thing. We'll get into a different time. But it's, uh, yeah. It's nice to be like 30s. And realize that and like we've just experienced so much loss yeah like we you and i experienced huge loss and then the world experienced yeah losing people and i don't know that like matures you really really fast
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know you just start to you know remember that all of life isn't the dead end street with no fatalities like at any point, a semi-truck could just come down that dead-end street and just blow your house up or something. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the, <clears throat> the biggest lesson in letting go. Hmm. Um, with some of those devastating losses, I was personally in a place where I was grappling with just holding on to events of my life or thought patterns in my head. And I, the lesson that kept coming up for me is like, you need to learn to let go Mm. because in not letting go is when you suffer. Mm -hmm. And then we experienced tragedy and I was realizing that the lesson is the same. It's it's a different, it's a bigger, it's a harder circumstance. And the lesson remains is that you will continue to suffer as long as you don't let go. Yeah. But I definitely fought that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just fought it, you know, it's yeah. like the the wisdom arrived to try to speak to me. And I was like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I That's not helpful. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But then you start practicing it. And it is, like you said, it's so freeing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think as we're starting from the beginning, you were really into gymnastics. And I was always, I would marvel at the way you could just flip upside down because I hate being upside down. <laughs> and then you're just doing back handsprings and stuff and flips. And I'm like, she's so cool. She's <laughs> doing flips. Yeah. Um, did you overthink gymnastics?
1: Absolutely. Because gymnastics is a sport where perfection is the goal. It's what you're working towards. All of your practice is going towards the moment where you perform a routine in front of a judge as perfectly as possible. And then the judge tells you how far away from perfect you got. Because the high score you can get is a 10. And your score is going to reflect how many points you lost as you did your routine. So I think the best example for me of overthinking it is every time I competed on balance beam, I felt like I had to make this choice of, am I going to go all out? Am I going to jump as high as I can? Am I going to try to make this split as big and perfect and straight as possible and risk falling? Or am I going to jump a little bit less high? Am I going to put a little bit less into it and try to just hold on to the balance beam mm. because if you fall off the beam you lose half a point if you wobble you might lose a tenth or two tenths so even as you're performing your routine you're calculating what level of risk is worth it mm. and I would often wow. play it very safe
0: I don't think I've ever heard you tell me that that what that you are calculating in your head I Cause I would just show up basically to the thing. Yeah. And I guess as kids. <laughs> and like, good
1: on you. It's like a four hour competition. I know. So thanks for coming. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> it was no fun. Anyway. Ouch. <laughs> Until you were up there.
1: And then it was for great. Yeah. Like four minutes exactly. total is the best part. Yeah, then it you was good. You compete on four apparatus, about four minutes of performance time. And the meet is four hours long. Yeah. Anyway, that's another just.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> so I would just show up and I just assumed that you had the routine and then you like either did your routine perfectly or you didn't, I didn't realize that you were taking calculated risks on the fly.
1: Yeah, and maybe there are people who are less that way about it. There might be folks who are, you know, there are people who are more powerhouse style, and no matter what, they're, like, punching as hard as they can. My style has always been a little bit more graceful, a little bit more controlled. And I think... Beam particularly is an area where you don't fully feel in control because small things can throw your balance off and you're on like a four inch wide board, basically. Mm. So it, of all the events to me, beam always felt like the least predictable because you could practice a skill over and over and over and over and over again in practice. And one thing could throw you off Mm. during competition. Okay, but it's interesting to reflect on this in hindsight, because I think. In the moment in the competition, I didn't even necessarily realize how much calculating I was doing, but sometimes I would finish the routine and I could feel that I hadn't actually given it my all that I was always sort of playing it safe. Okay, And sometimes that's a disappointing feeling to walk away with. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I could have given more if -hmm. I had been a little bit less scared. Okay. Of falling.
0: Right. Maybe I could have given a little more if I had been less scared. That's so true in so many ways. But it keeps us alive, right? The scaredness. Isn't that why we have it? Yeah. The fear. It keeps you from doing something like really stupid. Yeah. But then it holds you back at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's like amazing. A it's yeah. a
1: it's a very healthy reaction to the true risk that it is to be alive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So gymnastics was a thing. What else were you into?
1: I played the flute. Yep. In band, high school band. Mm-hmm tried my hand in piano
0: you you did piano do you remember
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you remember when we were taking piano lessons together yeah you were like before me or i was before you whatever we did back to back yeah do you remember the recital
1: kind of <laughs> i remember bits and pieces of the recital
0: you did so well on your piece do you remember what happened to me? No. I you don't, don't at all? No. Oh, it's I, ever, don't. I think every day I think about it. Did because you? it's one of the most defining moments of my life.
1: Oh my I gosh. can play guitar. Yes, yes. you can. No
0: problem. With very little stage fright. Like mm-hmm. so small stage fright. Mm-hmm. You get me on a piano with notation that I have to like mm-hmm. I can't do the thing that I do, which I basically just improv play Mm -hmm. when i play live like i i prepare i practice but i'm there for the fun and the joy of playing music and then i just i'm just mostly an improv person so you get me in a rigid piano school setting well it wasn't school it was we had a teacher yeah you know but she organized the recital yeah and so you get me in the thing where it's like timed everyone's going up at a certain time and then like all the notes are in time and you have to play in time i just locked and I couldn't recover from that. Hmm. She, it was a cool, like the songs were cool, but they definitely, now that I've figured out who I am in my voice and in music and, um, on the guitar. And then, especially when I sit down to a piano, like I know my, how, how I'm going to make that instrument sing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it was not that. And now I know I just reflect on it like constantly, like every week, at least one time I think about just, Locking.
1: Freezing up. Yeah. I don't remember that.
0: Which is good. That yeah. Means it wasn't like. Yeah. Which this is you saying that is something I say all the time because we're so scared about what other people think. Yeah. Nobody cares about you. <laughs> no. Nobody cares about you.
1: Nobody is as obsessed with you as you, as are. you are. It's true.
0: All right. I'm just going to stop recording. <laughs>
1: that's it that's it we got there
0: no nobody cares about you it's true we are only a hundred percent of the time thinking about ourselves
1: yeah my memory of the recital the piano recital is very similar to my experience of the balance beam okay is i'm trying so hard to not to just not make like a big blunder Mm. and i think that was That was it on beam, right? My whole goal was to not fall off the beam. Uh And it hindered my performance on the beam because I wasn't as extended. It wasn't as graceful because I was like gripping. And I I think I trudged through the recital in the same way where I probably hit all the right notes or mostly. Uh But I'm sure the performance itself was lacking.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Like you didn't have your full... Yeah. Because you were just.
1: Because I was like, I just have to get it. (laughs) I don't know. Good enough. Yeah. So that it wasn't a failure.
0: Man, it takes, it takes almost a lifetime of unlearning that. Because I see it in our kids, specifically one of them. Uh, Yeah. Just, it's like writing letters, you know, depending on the mood. Like things just have to be Mm
2: -hmm.
0: whatever's in the head of the child doing it. Mm -hmm. If it's not there and they're in a bad headspace, it's like the end of the world. Like something that, you know, and when you're outside of a person experiencing that, you can see how, how, how insignificant it is. But there's something about our brains when we are locked into something. Yeah. But I, I I have learned from just some of the people I've listened to that those things that make you sad and those things that cause strong emotions, like you do need to sit with those
1: because mm-hmm. it means that it
0: matters to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because everybody is going to in life tell you that it's a small thing and to just brush it off, But it's something you actually do need to listen to.
1: Yeah, I think that's a step towards getting to know your intuition Mm -hmm. is allowing those things to actually speak to you. Mm -hmm. I think there's emotional maturity that you start to find as you get older. Mm -hmm. But I think what you just articulated is really powerful that voices from outside of you can't tell you what's important
0: to you. Yeah. And like you said, you mature so that you socially your reactions are socially acceptable Mm -hmm. because it does when you are experiencing a strong thing it changes the dynamic of every human around you yeah and animal all the sentient beings (laughs) say what's going on
1: yeah yeah it's amazing how Mm -hmm. much one person's energy yeah can affect a whole room yeah yeah
0: okay so we covered gymnastics. We covered music. What else were you yeah. into?
1: I think creativity and just making things. I've always enjoyed doing things with my hands, building stuff, um, trying new mediums. So I think my creativity has played out in a lot of different ways. Like I used to play with my nail art in high school. I started like trying to draw on my nails or. Um, always just kind of like doodling in the margins of my notebooks or just practicing my cursive lettering. Oh yeah. That was actually, I did get into calligraphy a few years ago, but I started in high school in classes where I just had to listen for long periods of time. I would just start practicing my cursive lettering No way to keep my mind entertained. Oh, yeah. but you'd keep my hands moving. You were
0: never really mindful that it would turn into calligraphy, but that's No,
1: I just, it was a curiosity. I was curious Mm -hmm. about being able to write nice letters, and then I started seeing all this art online that was calligraphy. That's cool. And it was just already a connection. Yeah. Yeah, and every time I'm sitting still, listening in a lecture or anything, like, my hands, if they're moving, I'm just so much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doodling it like Mm. it actually helps to focus me
2: yeah
0: are you a doodler like sarah is there some sort of hobby that you would love to turn into a career well a website is the best way to make that real you can broadcast to your audience in so many powerful ways by hosting a website with squarespace as a squarespace circle member i can extend a discount to you off your first year of website hosting if you'd like to learn more about Website best practices and what it would take to launch a website, visit the referral page on my website at davidstraight.org. Let's move now. So those are like three things that you did in your youth. Let's talk about when they fell apart for you. Hmm. Like if you were so? so if you're in a certain direction, and we didn't really talk about faith at all. Maybe that'll be a different chat.
2: Sure. Yeah.
0: Because I don't think it's going to fit in. Yeah. Those three boxes that you just kind of articulated. I think we'll do a whole. Yeah, that's.
2: I right. want to do that a can loss. Totally...
0: Yeah, I want to do like a a loss <clears throat> podcast with probably multiple voices, and mm. then a faith one with multiple voices.
2: Mm. So I
0: think we'll just. So we're going to deconstruct. Yeah. Not faith because that's like a big thing right now. Deconstructing faith. We're going to deconstruct your life (laughs) yeah oh light
1: stuff light stuff
0: okay so first we're going to deconstruct gymnastics when did it fall apart and why and how Um, all the juicy details
1: all the juicy details so gymnastics was never a perfect fit actually i always i never felt like I was the strongest or the most powerful or the most flexible. I was on a team of some really talented people and I always felt limited. There was, there was a block. There was some kind of limitation where I couldn't give of myself a hundred percent. And I didn't feel like I could reach this idealistic place. Um, I just didn't believe in myself actually. So I felt that I was naturally more graceful and I kind of considered going into dance even and moving away from gymnastics. That was a lot about like power moves and tumbling, but it was kind of this comfort zone cause I had been on the team for a long time. So I ultimately stuck it out, but I did sort of plateau. Like I stopped moving up the levels or even once I reached a certain level that was pretty high, I still never felt like I was performing at the level of my peers But I couldn't articulate in the time that that was, I couldn't really articulate what the block was. And then once I went off to college, I wasn't doing gymnastics anymore. It wasn't offered. I didn't think I was going anywhere with it. Also, my body was kind of (laughs) tired. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, once I started to explore new types of movement, I started to realize what some of those blockages were.
2: Okay.
1: Mainly the goal of perfection. thats okay. a big one. Yeah. As in like the purpose of your movement is to achieve perfection. The mm-hmm. whole point, right? That's why we're showing up. We're showing mm-hmm. up to practice so we can become perfect or as close to perfect as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That as a goal kind of just shut me down because mm-hmm. ultimately it's unattainable and yeah. unhealthy in my opinion.
0: Didn't we see something happen at the Olympics, with like a certain gymnast we recently, did. Hmm. yes. Could you relate to it in a way that maybe yeah. some other people couldn't?
1: So, are you referring to Simone, Simone Biles, Biles choosing to not compete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I competed in a YMCA program, so the level of pressure was nowhere near someone on the elite Olympic stage. But gymnastics as a sport is so very mental. Like what I was saying about how you're on beam and you're calculating in your head, that's as much the sport as it is what your body is capable of. So Simone Biles's body is capable of performing all of these moves that she's practiced. But on the day, her mind couldn't keep track of her rotations in the air. And so she was actually at risk of injuring herself Mm. because she was experiencing something where she was losing her sense of rotation in the air. And she's trying to throw like double flipping, triple twisting moves.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, to hear of an athlete at that level experiencing a mental challenge that keeps them from competing, like makes yeah. absolute sense
0: yeah. to me. Because as you were talking, I was thinking about how certain people thrive under pressure, and then some people don't. Yeah. But then it's an it is interesting that you there is a threshold for everyone because Simone Biles is someone who definitely can excel under the ex- insane.
1: And she has. And she has She's got the fortitude yeah. for
0: it, but there we all have a threshold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and because I've had this relationship with my mind and this feeling of overthinking often, I have come to find more enjoyment in any activity that I do when I'm just present with where I am currently Mm -hmm. on the journey. Mm -hmm. It's like being in this place where there's a goal that I'm not meeting Mm -hmm. is where I stop enjoying Mm -hmm. the activity. So the whole premise of even the Olympics Mm -hmm. is it's this one moment happens every four years. These gymnasts only get two or three chances in their gymnastics career to make it on the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. So we're just creating the pressure cooker of I get this one chance I'm here now. And if something is off on that day, it ruins 16 years of work you've put in to train for this moment. Yeah, And that's, that is artificial reality. That is a human thing that we just built. Mm -hmm. We built the Olympic games. We created those stakes and our body has to undergo that pressure, but it's not real. Like it's not real life. Like or it doesn't have to be.
0: Right. It's just a story.
1: It's just a story. Yeah. It, it is the mind game.
2: hmm Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah. Simone
1: Biles can do the hardest tricks that pretty much any gymnast has ever done. Mm-hmm. Like, she can, like, soar higher and flip more times. And she doesn't get to just enjoy the fact that she can do that. Yeah. It has to be perfect on this one day at this mm-hmm. one time.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But that
1: doesn't have to be the story.
0: Right. Well, that's well that's what's so cool about what she did is she decided
1: Right.
0: She it, she almost did decide that it's this isn't about all the glory. This is yeah. this is about the sport that I love. And yeah. it's like it's not worth me getting hurt. Yeah. Like cuz I want to continue to enjoy what I do. I don't want to lose that, you know. Yeah. Which so that brings me to when gymnastics yeah. kind of fell apart for you and you just, its it wasn't, I mean, it never was going to be like a career for you, but yeah. what I've noticed with you is that like, maybe you didn't fit in with that. You just never give up. You, you take what you've learned from a thing and then you apply it to what you're doing now. So like with gymnastics,
2: hmm.
0: like you, you Fair, kept yeah. going. It's yeah. not like you just complete 180 and did something else. Like you took all of those skills and you kept going towards something that was more you mm-hmm. that lit you up like in a whole different way. Yeah. And that resonated with your person. Yeah. Which, what is that? Cause Yeah, I was (laughs) like,
1: are you asking me to (laughs) talk about what Uh that is?
0: Yeah, because I'm not going to say it. You got to say it. All right.
1: Yeah. So that's what's been very fun about approaching new things as an adult, because those lessons. From my experience as a younger person, I've been able to approach new things and have a frame of reference to go back to. So, well, I think. A stepping stone before what I'm currently doing now, was...
0: So a stepping stone, not a stepping star.
1: Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, boy. That's a deep reference. Fine. (laughs) You can call it a stepping star. Why not?
0: Yeah, no, we're going to call it stepping stones.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. So once I started to practice yoga and the focus of the yoga classes i was taking was to be present with your body with exactly where it is today that's very different from the experience i had with my body in gymnastics Hmm. in gymnastics we're stretching and we're warming up and my split wasn't all the way straight yeah or i couldn't bend into my hamstrings very well my hamstrings were always very tight and so hamstring stretches were painful mm-hmm. my splits were painful mm-hmm. bridges and back bending were painful and my shoulders weren't very open so my relationship to my body in gymnastics and even in just the stretching portion of gymnastics was my body can't do this i'm not flexible enough and this hurts oh
0: my gosh that makes me so sad
1: yeah and in a Sarah yoga class. I had to
0: process all of
2: that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the stretches just depending on where you practice. Cause I had experiences at gyms where we were stretching up against the wall and you had a partner, you're in a split you're up against the wall and your partner lifts your back foot so that your back leg is making a 90 degree angle and make sure it's pressed against the wall. And the partner is there because it's, going to keep your body in that position. If your body can't make it to that position, well, you've got a partner to just push your leg against the wall and it hurts. Mm-hmm. But there's this intensity to gymnastics training where like, that's mm-hmm. how you get to where you're trying to go. And uh-huh. remember where you're trying to go is perfection. Wow. So you're always working at this place of intensity and the pain just comes along.
0: Wow. So you took a break from that type of stretching. Yeah. Cause Oh yeah. It's not like you started different m- modalities of movement right away after gymnastics. No, not at
1: all. I didn't do anything regularly. Yeah. No. For like 4 years.
0: So you basically turned off that part of your life for 4 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I spent about 4 years without having any kind of movement practice that I connected with.
0: So are you glad you had that space or
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those four years were the four years I was in college. So mm-hmm. it was like, I, it was this constantly changing balance of trying to figure out how to live your life in college, on yeah. a college campus. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to figure out where movement was going to fit in yeah. to that. Well, I we, tried some things. I tried running. I tried Right, climbing, we played ultimate frisbee. Played ultimate frisbee. Yeah, rock climbing. Or, yeah. Dude, we had
0: yeah, an interesting
1: rock climbing. Yeah.
0: That was the thing our university had, did well, is that rock climbing thing.
1: Yeah, I know. And
0: there cool. was maybe two other things they did well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's also That's part of the conversation. Other, guess,
0: <laughs> yeah, the rock climbing wall was so good. Um, yeah. So then, so then yeah. oh,
2: this I is started, when okay. you
0: found something else with, that we'd never brought up. Because oh, in high school, you excelled at Spanish, and I wanted nothing to do with it.
2: Oh, And then you ended yes. up,
0: you didn't know what you wanted to do at school at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then you landed, and you found something you love. Yeah. Which is?
1: Learning languages? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That one. Yeah. You actually I... have
0: a major in?
1: Linguistics. You sure do. Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college, but I knew I wanted to study abroad. That was Uh, it. So I've always been so drawn to international things, Mm -hmm. foreign currency, foreign people, different voices. I just, there's like this deep fascination and I want to be part of it, whatever Mm. that is. So when I heard about study abroad, I just knew I wanted to fit that into my college experience. Okay. And I participated in a Spanish exchange in high school.
2: Right. That's right. So
1: I I got to go to Spain as a senior in high school and I got to host a Spanish student Mm -hmm. as well. Okay. And it was so fascinating because learning Spanish was really hard and very overwhelming. So hosting that Spanish student and feeling like I couldn't communicate in Spanish or going to Spain and not understanding her family at all was so overwhelming and it felt so impossible, but yet I kept diving in. I kept Mm. putting myself in those experiences. I kept going back to Spain because there was something about that challenge that lit me up. Cool. Yeah. Which in terms of nuggets of wisdom, that's something I have found in life: is that life, it's not about not facing challenges; it's about facing the challenges that you want to just
2: keep mm-hmm.
1: keep going with. Where like mm-hmm. the challenge comes up, but you have the fight in you. Okay. To keep going.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense because otherwise, it's like you don't have the the drive to push yeah, through it it's
1: like there's something there yeah. that's driving you
0: mm-hmm. there's nothing and the, the challenge you. is just part of it mm-hmm. right you can just deal with it or you don't even have to deal with it it's almost like the problems aren't a problem
1: the problems are just the stuff yeah like when i when i before i went to study abroad so my study abroad was going to be a full semester four months and i didn't know anybody over there i didn't know if my Spanish skills were strong enough to communicate with my host family or to navigate the city. And I was just so excited Hmm. to go because Mm -hmm. I knew I was doing something hard and I was just so excited to say that I can do it. Yeah.
0: I remember that time because at that point in my life, I would have been like pretty nervous to go somewhere where I couldn't speak the language. And I was like, my sister's going to do that. And she's like, oh, I was about to say, help our age relationship together i'm not gonna say it no anyway uh just yeah i remember being so proud of you just that you were bouncing between spain and france where i was like yeah i was in the same place for 10 weeks you were like all over europe (laughs) And, and and i was like
1: yeah sarah
2: is so cool
0: that was my second sarah is so cool First was being upside down backflips. Second was
2: she's traveling the world.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I, I loved that feeling of like, I don't know what's going to happen, mm. but I just, I get to go and I get to see what's out there. Cool. And it was exciting to find something that, was hard, but that I liked Mm. because I think I've experienced a lot of times in life where something has felt hard and it has just made me feel less than Mm -hmm. for some reason. But this was a hard that I was like, but, but I can do this, but I know Mm. I can work through this.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah. So then how, did you talk about how many times you went totally?
1: I went to Spain I was on a two-year return period for for a while. So my first trip was in 2011 in high school. In 2013, I returned to study abroad for a semester. In 2015, I returned for a summer session where I completed a Spanish degree. So I had graduated with linguistics, but then I wanted to add the Spanish degree. I needed like two classes, and I chose to go back to Spain to... Do that, and then I went back in 2017 to live there,
0: right? Okay,
1: so I moved to Lugo in Spain in 2017 and I spent two years teaching.
0: Yep, and you got paid so well. <laughs>
1: I mean... <laughs>
2: you know
0: what?
1: I survived. No,
0: you, you did more. You, you thrived. You figured it out really well. Because you were just... You were thriving. You were, like, picking dates off trees and oranges. And <laughs> you were walking around. And you would call me and be like, I just walked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did so much walking. You're like, I walked. Which brings us back to the yoga. Because okay. the whole reason I started That's practicing right. yoga was that my hamstrings were tight from all the walking. Oh, no way.
0: So my no yoga way. journey
1: began in Spain.
0: Oh, yeah. no way. So what did you do? Just look up my hamstrings are sore. What do I do? No, just I just looked Google. up yoga.
1: And I was like, this is a thing that people do, and it involves stretching.
0: Okay, so in your brain,
1: yeah,
0: before you looked up yoga, what did you think yoga was?
1: Stretching. Not, what about the
0: spiritual side? What did you it think didn't know yoga was
1: that I didn't know that was part of it.
0: You didn't know that the spiritual side was part of yoga. No. So you literally thought yoga was just stretching. Yeah. I, I actually thought it was like
1: Pilates
0: at this point in my life. That was like so many days ago. I don't remember what I thought about yoga, but I feel really? like I probably had the same. I probably just, I just didn't care Yeah. to really think harder about it. But I remember when I first heard what the definition of the yoga word is, it just like, blew me wide open um yoga as unity mm-hmm. like uniting your breath with your body and everything i knew you would have the sanskrit <laughs> right when i needed it
1: yes yoga is the stilling of the changing states of the mind
0: yoga is the chilling
1: the stilling the
0: stilling wow
1: I'm Maybe like, I said chilling. I no, I
0: think I'm gonna cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> that was embarrassing.
1: The chilling of
2: <laughs> the I coffee say, and
1: you not Why did I say so <laughs>
0: No, I'm gonna leave it. Um
1: <laughs> What did I just say? That's not anyone okay, okay, before.
0: Yoga is the stilling of the
1: changing states change. of the mind.
0: Yoga is the stilling
1: Yoga's chitti chitta priti mirodaha.
0: Stilling of the changing states of your mind. Mm -hmm. Those are words in Sanskrit that mean stilling. Yeah. States in mind. Yeah. Very cool. So you started your yoga journey because your hamstrings were tight. And then what did you discover?
1: I discovered the approach to movement that I had been looking for where the point of practicing is just experiencing the present moment it's experiencing your body and teacher after teacher in these videos on youtube would just say maybe your knees are straight maybe they're not maybe mm-hmm. you can touch the the ground in this pose maybe your hands on the block none mm-hmm. of it matters mm-hmm. Don't push yourself to the point of pain and breathe into it and just keep going.
2: It is
0: wild how polarly opposite that is from your stretching experience at
2: mm-hmm. the studio
0: that will not be named. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It will not be named.
0: It will not be named.
1: Uh, yes. So I fell so in love with moving hmm. in the space of yoga just from the YouTube that I would practice for two hours on my rooftop.
0: It's not a bad place to practice. This is why I, I say you, yeah. you made your situation in Spain. You were thriving. You were doing yoga on a rooftop yeah. after you just picked up fruit off of
2: trees.
0: (laughs) Sarah often surprises us with just how many things she's involved with. Along with her watercolor art, she recently became a certified yoga instructor. If you want to stay up to date with her art, check out sarahstraight.com. If you want to check out all the other things she's up to, she's on Instagram as at straight. You also discovered something about yourself there when you realized you didn't love teaching languages in traditional settings. Am I correct? Or would you say that a different way? Um, Because what were you doing when you were there?
1: I was an assistant English teacher in an elementary school. So I did two years. I experienced two towns of Spain on opposite sides of the country. Did one year in the Northwest in a small town, in dairy country and I did an, a year on a in a small town on the coast of Mediterranean near Valencia so they were two very different places but I was part of the public school system in both places and I mean it gave me a lot of thoughts just about education systems and I was on my yoga journey, my second year of Spain is when I really was diving into the yoga. That's when I was, that's when I had the rooftop apartment and I was just practicing daily. And the this, this space and the opening and the expansion I was feeling for myself personally in the yoga practice, it it started to kind of just make some things make sense to me of how how I can move towards achieving the things I want to achieve. I need to be held and supported in that way. I need to feel safe. I need to feel like I don't have to push myself beyond what I can give, you know, not pushing to the point of burnout or pain to just Mm -hmm. feel like everything's okay, like to be reassured. Mm -hmm. And so that's like happening for me in this really big and exciting way. And I'm actually achieving things like I'm holding handstands and I'm like pressing up to handstand which are skills I worked on in gymnastics. And I didn't have the strength or flexibility as a gymnast Mm. that I did. Once my yoga practice was directed by me at a pace that felt good to me. Mm. So then I would go to school in the morning and I'm just watching the way that we're asking sixth graders to sit still and hold pencils. And we're in a sterile building. That's just, Mm -hmm. it feels sort of lifeless. And my, My mind was just spinning constantly because I, as an assistant teacher and as like this foreign person who wasn't an official teacher, there was a lot of moments in the class where I wasn't actively participating. Hmm. So I was just watching the way the system was affecting the kids okay, and the behavioral challenges we were facing or the way that their bodies just needed to move more than we were allowing them to move. Okay. So all these things, I don't, I don't know if it was just like, if it was teaching the language specifically or just being part of that system, but something just didn't feel right about it.
0: That makes sense. So that's kind of when you transition to something else, right?
1: So I came back to the U S after that experience and I didn't really know where I wanted to go from there. I, I think part of my challenge with teaching as well is just being the person at the front of the room. That's yeah. definitely a skill set I'm still developing, being able to bring the energy to a space. I'm much more of an energy absorber. Mm -hmm. So I kind of arrive in a room, I assess the room, I match the energy. Mm -hmm. So stepping into that leadership position and directing people and being in charge of the flow of something, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot for me to figure out yeah. My way through that. So that that's a big part of what I didn't like about teaching. Is like, yeah, I don't. I just sense. don't love being the person at the front of the room.
0: Well, next time you have to be the person in the front of the room, just bring me. And I'll hype up the energy. And then you can just match the energy I create and do something meaningful. Hmm. Cause,
1: you try it. Because <laughs> I'll
0: just come in silly. You try and it. And I'll make the kids...
1: I don't know though. I feel like I kinda have to find my way into it. Because yeah, no, you and I just approach rooms really yeah, differently. No. <laughs> if I come
0: with you, nothing meaning there will be no learning happening. It will just be all
1: a big um, laugh fest. All elevated energy.
2: Yeah, for no. An hour. And no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's no. great. I love it. I love the effect you have mm-hmm. on people and on a room. But right. we just
0: No, it wouldn't work.
1: We have different approaches.
0: We have different approaches. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so that's a thing. The teaching in front of a room is a thing you don't enjoy. So then, so now you've kind of been just dabbling in, I guess, working with. You say it.
1: Well, so my immediate. Thought it's it's interesting that you brought up food because that is where I went next. Was okay. I got food jobs when I came back home? I worked on a vegetable farm
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I worked organic in vegetable farm, organic, a local a vegetable farm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I worked for a chocolate maker and I worked for a cheese maker.
0: But your organic farming experience was after
1: was after something that you're
0: even more excited
1: about my permaculture garden volunteering in France. Yeah. So that, yeah, I started to learn about just our relationship to our food, our relationship to our environment. A lot of that thinking just came from asking questions about, okay, we're facing these climate challenges and we know that the effects of our Ways of living are creating trash and pollution. So what's the answer? What's the alternative? If this is a problem, what's the solution? And that line of questioning led me to regenerative land practices mm-hmm. and building systems that give back to the earth rather than endlessly taking from it. Mm-hmm systems that have an idea for the end of life of a product or Mm. that the the concept of designing a system that's a whole system it's it's a cyclical loop that's not Mm. just creating trash at the end of it that the byproduct goes back in yeah and it continues to circle around
0: so my tongue and cheek my tongue and cheek joke about Stepping stars versus stepping stones. It's, I really think that for half of my life, I was in a conscious, whatever story was being told to me, and then the one that I compounded in my consciousness was, I want to step on stars to get away from the pain of what it means to actually experience life here on this planet. Mm. Like because for me Yeah, for me, which I'll go into probably in the face faith, faith one is like, you know, the worship service, the the high energy, hands in the air, like God save me from this. That's like I craved that. Mm. My favorite songs were the ones that were all about going somewhere else that was free of pain. Mm. You know, like right. free of What it means to experience. This is so heavy. Yeah, this is this is so heavy. Give me light, and I will jump on stars to get to this other place. So that's why I make that tongue-in-cheek joke because they're stepping. You can step on stars to go like into the heavens, air quotes, to the heavens. (laughs) Or this is what I found because I did three days. (laughs) I stuck with the farm for three days and (laughs) I just called you Becca. (laughs) Becca is my wife. Sarah is my sister. Anyway. uh, I did the farm for three days. You did it for For three three years. years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Four seasons, actually. I think I did four seasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 2019
1: through 2022.
0: And I would have done it longer But I think I I realized in three days what you realized in three years that uh, like being the one working the soil might not be the way that our bodies are built, yours and mine. Hmm. But I do think that you and I have a voice where we can be an advocate for these things. Like we don't necessarily have to be stepping on stones.
1: Well, realistically, I would love to spend my time and use my body in that way, yeah. but working on a production farm that has right. quantity goals doesn't yeah. necessarily allow you to say that I am tired and I need to go home. It's like mm-hmm. you've signed up for a job and it's a full day okay. and we have numbers to meet.
0: I think that's what I'm trying to say is...
1: So I want, I want to work hard like that. I want to use my body. I want to be walking amongst people plants Mm -hmm. and harvesting my food but doing it in a job capacity like that where you don't have the autonomy to say my body's reached its limit now it's time for me to rest it's like you're just constantly pushing and to your point you know there are different types of bodies and Mm -hmm. ours are fair skin Skin also like yeah physical labor aside spending that many hours in the sun is a lot
0: well we're just not large, like we're not we yeah. don't have big bones with big muscles. We also
1: both eat vegetarian diets. So, yeah. Kind of like burn through yeah. your calories, all those carbs right. pretty fast. So, but I thought about that a lot as a farmer. Okay. I was like, I could probably be fueling my body differently mm-hmm. and feeling differently throughout the day.
0: Yeah. I just feel like we can be advocates for the soil. And, like you said, we can have our things in our homes and in the land yeah. that you and I control where we can invite people. Well, to.
1: Yeah. And I mean, my question also always is about the system. So for myself, if I'm going to start a farm, I'm not going to start a farm with a goal to be meeting numbers in the hundreds mm. for I don't know, CSA yeah. members or wholesale orders. I just, I want the end result of the system is that my body feels good and it's leaving a good impact on the land. So cool. Which that's a very idealist approach. And that's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who get into farming, agriculture, regenerative land practice stuff, you, you in your head can craft an ideal, but then the lived experience of trying to build that, you realize right. that that ideal is not.
0: Right. Well, it requires an intense amount of true. sacrifice because if you do farming the conventional way, you're going to get yields a lot faster. But if you do it the regenerative way, you're waiting like five years or almost seven. Many,
1: many years. To
0: rebuild soil. And then
1: you have this end in
0: mind, but you don't see it. Right. You don't see it until you're in almost another decade of your life. Yeah. Which all good things take time take time <laughs> they just do
1: yeah you know
0: we well, can't and really I, rush I got to thing.
1: see that play out in my volunteering experience and then I did a permaculture internship so my volunteer permaculture garden that I went to in France had been in process for about two years and they were facing very many challenges they were renting their land They didn't know how long they would get to stay there. So they're putting Mm -hmm. effort into this thing that's going to take years, but they didn't know if they were even going to get to stay there for years. Mm -hmm. And so I felt during my time there that they were experiencing burnout Mm -hmm. and immense challenge, but had big, big dreams and were working really hard. And then when I interned, I was at a place that was eight years into their project. And in so many ways, I was like, this is what they were dreaming of in France. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things happening here that they were envisioning. Okay. But still, it was it was still small and still had a long way to go, even being eight years in. Wow. Sh- because of just the time like it just takes time time. and and in new york you know your summer season you only get so many weeks Mm -hmm. of the growing season of the building season Mm -hmm. right right you have to kind of work fast and furious Mm -hmm. in the warm months when you have it
0: yeah Uh, a quote from ralph waldo emerson is um learn the pace of nature her secret is patience. And I just...
2: It's beautiful.
0: In our, in our like frenzied society where we're rushing everywhere, I hold on to that all the time. I'm going to just see the world going by way too fast. I'm just like mm-hmm. secret of nature. Her pace is patience.
1: So beautiful. Mm-hmm
0: so you're into stepping on stones now instead of stepping on stars. Remember how many rocks are at the farm? <laughs> Used to play rock or potato.
1: Rock or potato. <laughs> One time a potato made it all the way through the sorting and cleaning process and was about to go in somebody's bag. It was a rock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Could you imagine someone at a CSA? You pay extra because they're more dense, right? Yeah. A rock weighs.
1: Oh, yeah, right. Because we're bagging by weight. Almost half Yeah.
0: almost, almost double. double?
1: Well, it's amazing, too, because there's many steps to the grading process. As you're harvesting potatoes in the field, you're deciding if they're good enough to make it into the barn to get washed. As they're getting washed and going down the line, people are there grading them and taking out the bad ones. And then they go into bins and then someone's grabbing them from a bin and putting them in a bag and checking them over one more time. And mm-hmm. it took till that last check for someone to see that it was a rock.
0: Good thing. There's that. last check. <laughs>
1: That's why there's three.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> it's not why there's three. I don't think anyone expected that to happen.
0: No, I know, but good thing. There's a third check. Oh my word. Um, So you're stepping on stones and now you're moving your body in ways that don't, I don't know, moving your bodies in ways that are in alignment with who you are. So I feel like you deconstructed all those parts of you and now how are you reconstructing them and what are you up to now?
1: Yeah, I'm in such an interesting place with all of this right now because I really feel like I have gotten a lot of insight into who I am and what I like and what's exciting to me and how to just hold myself with more grace and care and be more comfortable in the world but I'm also being really stretched right now um I just completed a yoga teacher training. Yes. So I am re-entering the teaching space with a new material, which is great and it's been a beautiful process, but I am I'm at the beginning of that journey and I, I feel it really deeply that I have mm. so much room to grow.
2: Mm.
1: And I started to sell some of my artwork in a serious way last year, and that's something that I want to pursue more because I want to, I really want to share my creativity with the world in a meaningful way, and I want to have time carved out in my life to allow my creative process to unfold and to follow my curiosity. And Mm -hmm. I have decided that I do want to build a business around my artwork, but again, I'm at the very beginning of that journey. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm in, as I'm pursuing these things that are really exciting and important to me, I have to still fight with that Mm -hmm. part of me that feels small. That feels like I haven't done enough yet that Mm -hmm it's really hard and I'm rubbing up against just the challenges of that startup period. Yeah. So I've, I've done so much growing and I know so much more than I ever did. And I know who I am now and I'm still Mm -hmm. learning. I still have so much more growth. So mm-hmm. much more growth ahead of me
0: yeah it's amazing like we can feel like because you know we were just talking about this taylor swift
1: mm-hmm.
0: 30 what did you say she was know,
1: 32 or 32. 30 maybe 33 yeah no, i don't know so
0: like she's our age right and you were just talking about how she was talking about the stages of her life what were you saying
1: she's on her eras tour
0: eras tour right
1: where she's celebrating all of the eras of her music i was like she's in her 30. Yeah. <laughs> I mean she's she's had all this evolution. Mm-hmm. And distinct eras, too. I mean, yeah. her bodies of work are their own worlds.
0: It's it's hard for people in our age group to look at Taylor Swift and feel like, like she did it. But we haven't done anything cool yet. Like she she's already like done it
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, I think for people in her industry, they're terrified of hitting their thirties because they're not like the shiny new object anymore. But at the same time, it's still so young. I know. Like I've, I've spent Mm. my, I spent my whole twenties just finding myself. And Mm -hmm. now I feel like I'm just starting to live as myself.
0: And that's where I was getting to is like, it's easy to feel like your best years are behind you, but I don't know. I, mean, I love where I'm at right To be fair,
1: already. she was also finding herself throughout all those eras of her work. Yeah, She just had a public stage, right. mm-hmm. which adds that extra layer of pressure to that journey mm-hmm. that I don't know that I would have right. thrived or enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I do still want to, to speak my voice into the world, and I do want some people to experience it mm-hmm. and to care.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's why we're doing this right now. We're recording it, and yeah. it's going to outlive us potentially i mean once you make something digital it never goes away especially yeah, but if you we put were it just in the talking internet. about
1: this today at work like what if we just decided we didn't want the internet anymore what if that just like happened It could go away if we wanted it to we should
0: we, why are we even doing this we should be scratching this into stone tablets. that's what i'm
1: saying we were talking about <laughs> using paper maps and atlases today
0: but that going burns. back to the
1: encyclopedia.
0: That burns. We need to be scratching them in a stone tablets like the Ten Commandments.
1: Yeah. And we'll make two of them and then we'll just be done.
0: Done. And then they can put it in the Smithsonian. Oh, but then they might decide that the Smithsonian isn't a thing anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Humans, we try to none live none of
1: it's real. We
0: try to live forever. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We want this. What, this awareness? What it what how do you how would you say it? Because you've gone through the yoga training. You probably have better language for this.
1: Because
0: the awareness isn't the thing that fades. What is it? This form. We want this form to last forever. Like David straight. We want the ego, the ego. The matter.
1: The Matter. matter. So what I learned in the philosophy section of my yoga training is that there is a duality. There is Atman, your soul essence your true nature and then there's matter Uh body material and the mind all fall into that matter category okay so those those changing states of the mind the endless relentless thoughts Mm -hmm. the stuff the your physical body all of that's temporary and will die and it's that temporary nature of all those things that causes the suffering Mm. and underneath it all in opposition to that is your atman so you are atman your soul essence true nature you are what is right Mm -hmm. like you are ultimate but you are experiencing this matter this heavy dense Mm. Kind of like just like spinning, Mm -hmm. constantly relentless. Is the ego
0: in the matter thing?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All of these physical, all these physical embodied experiences and mind experiences are not who you truly are. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of really interesting philosophy behind all of that in terms of what it means to like cycle through multiple lives and I feel like I, in my training and learning, have just skimmed the surface
2: mm-hmm.
1: on all there is to yeah. talk about there. And so, I don't have my beliefs formed around it yet either. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
1: But it's like there is a place where you just are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And through your practice of yoga, you can get there. Mm
0: hmm. Have you had glimpses of that? Cause I think you've had more extended. My yoga practice is always this. I'm like, I got to change my framing around this. Cause I'm always just like squeezing it in and feeling like I have to get back to the responsibilities. So have you had mm-hmm. like, have you glanced?
1: Um, it's a really good question. I have had some really deep, experiences that have felt transcended in some way i have definitely felt like i have gone somewhere else during a yoga practice and had to like come back to the room Hmm. but i i would say i have still felt myself sort of battling internally through it Mm -hmm. also i don't think i've ever felt this like release okay that, like, there is still some part of my mind that's, like, trying to hold on.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: One of the most impactful experiences I had, um, I was with, I was seeing a therapist who practiced embodied therapy in this way where as you were talking with her about what you were going through, she would set you up in a restorative Position you were propped up with many blankets and bolsters mm-hmm. made to feel totally comfortable. And she had you connect with your emotions and into where you felt them in your body.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she had pillows that she would place kind of in the areas where you felt the emotion. So maybe it was like on your head or on your chest. And so those weights would just kind of be there and you kind of like entered into your experience of the emotions through the body And as she was, she was kind of talking to me about what I experienced. She asked me, where are you feeling what you're feeling? And as, as we were talking, she told me this afterwards that she could tell I was like entering some other like energetic state. And she Mm -hmm. just like stopped talking to me and let me just go through it. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly went somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I I felt this one message that just kind of wanted to come through to me. And it just said, you are this supported all the time. And it was kind of in reference to how supported my body was. Mm -hmm. I had props everywhere. I was being made to feel so comfortable. And there was this person here who just wanted the best for me and just wanted me to find healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And even as that message came up, some part of me wanted to fight it and say, no, wow. I can't just relax into the peace of that. Wow. Something, I have to continue this suffering for some reason. So I don't know. That's, that's, Probably not totally Atman, right? That's not me just existing right. existing right. as I am, but I mean, maybe it's a step towards that.
0: But well, but it's the message. It's like you don't like I don't desire to go be a monk in a cave and just yeah. seclude myself from what's happening. But yeah. it's nice to have those moments to remind you that the hard parts of life are not the thing. Yeah. That you really, truly are. Like, I mean, we come from a rock that somehow has life on it.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's just a miracle to be breathing.
1: Yeah, I've just decided it's not to be made sense of.
0: Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, like life is really hard. But like you said, we are supported by the you, you existence. they are
1: this supported all mm-hmm. of the time.
0: Like, you know, all the science behind how many things have to be in perfect alignment for life to exist. And how many, like, stillborns there are. And then I just happen to have two amazing humans. Like, and then even with, like, you know, like, the people who are born with disabilities and stuff, it's not like they're not a human. It's not like they don't have beauty. Like, they're more beautiful than...
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's another opportunity to just experience things as they are. Mm -hmm. Even experiencing people as disabilities, as being, as having fallen short of some mark.
2: Right. I mean, we're
1: approaching humanity with an expectation Mm
2: -hmm. rather
1: than just celebrating what shows up. Yeah. I mean, that's the stance I want to take towards life is to just be excited about what's here. Mm -hmm. And that's that's been the frame i've been trying to move through my experiences now mm-hmm. as just entering entering everything as just a process of continual discovery mm. and to just be excited about what comes up yeah and then just arriving wherever i arrive so cool. without the expectation
0: so you are you're following the discovery you're following your curiosity in painting Mm-hmm. And moving your body. We didn't even talk about aerial stuff. That'll yeah. probably have to be another circus thing. arts. I know. <laughs> Cause you everyone <laughs> when I meet your friends and I say something about something you do, they're like, I didn't even know she did that. <laughs> All of your friends are like, Wait, what? Or or they'll see you post something online or just say something yeah. and they'll be like, Sarah is doing so many things. <laughs> So I tried to really hone in on
1: um, uh, so, so, so yeah. Good, thank you for but, that because I actually have been reflecting on that recently, and I used to be just so excited to do new things all of the time, and I still am, but I'm starting to feel a little bit like I could use some focus. Yeah, now. I'm
0: the same way. We can yeah. be accountable to each other for yeah, it. I can yeah,
1: I could use some focus because I think. I've gotten a taste of a lot of yeah. very cool stuff, mm-hmm. but I want, I want to really spend some time. Yeah. Developing some, some deep skills. <laughs> I'm so glad you
0: said exactly what you said. Cause that was in the back of my mind the whole time we've been talking. Mm-hmm. I was feeling the same way. I was like, man, this year I'm just, I've picked things that I'm going to just focus on. Yeah. And it's just wild to be, it feels so good. Like right when you walked in the house, that's what I told you, I think. Mm. Like it's felt like I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but this year in particular.
1: Yeah, that is what you were saying. And I, I feel that too. I think there was just this really awesome phase for me over the last four or five years, just turning my lens towards possibility. Mm there was this really amazing empowerment I was developing in myself. And part of this was coming into this process mentality rather than expectation results mm. mentality yep. where all of a sudden I realized like anything is possible. You can make anything you want to make. You just have to start building. Mm. I was like any piece of art is just like layer after layer. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, you really get start letting your intuition kick in. Once you mm-hmm. have something on the page, it's like, you just get started. You just make some brushstrokes. And mm-hmm. then those initial brushstrokes start to guide where the work goes. Yeah. So once I had that awakening in sort of my drawing painting practice, I was like, I could apply that to music. I could start playing mm-hmm. with music and just, yeah. I have some ideas of words and now I have an idea of a melody and now I'm finding some yeah. chords to put some structure to the mm-hmm. thing. And it just kind of like demystified the creative process for me. Yeah. And so I really have the last like four or five years just been like, Oh, I'm going to try this now. Oh, uh, I can do this now. I can do anything. And it's, yeah. the world is so amazing.
0: <laughs> Don't you feel like, cause I'm the same way with all the things that I'm doing. I'm finding there's a lot of overlap to where totally. there it's like you said, the, the process part is the overlap yes. where it used to take me like, I never would actually complete a thing because yeah. it would just get too technically hard. Right. But now I've learned that there's a process to everything. And so I almost just come at everything the same way. Like knowing I'm not going to finish it the same day. Yes. Knowing that it's going to take maybe a month, maybe years. And I just, I just get started and then the, the ones that are supposed to happen, they end up getting done. Like my porch is a good example. I didn't know how to do anything and I just got started on the porch and then it's mostly done. (laughs) (laughs) It's holding, it's holding up a roof so we don't get rained on, which is good. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's where trust comes in. And Mm -hmm. I've heard this phrase circulating the art space. It's called trust the process. Mm hmm or do it for the process. That's the phrase that's been going around, but I've sort of taken it as like, trust the process because mm-hmm. the, like the act of getting started, even though you're feeling maybe stressed or overwhelmed by the technical sides of it. Mm-hmm. But once you get going and then even, you know, choosing to call it quits for the day, there's this level of trust that like, it's still going to happen. Yeah. Like even if I take a break, mm-hmm. it's going to unfold the way that it's supposed to Yeah. in its timing. So in terms of practices, writing poems has been a really beautiful experience of just trying to articulate what I'm experiencing. And I have felt a lot of release through being able to put words around what I'm living through or what life is teaching me. And I wrote this last week, I think, um, And I feel like this just really captures exactly where I am at this point in my life. Fear and trust. I'm living from this place where I understand a lot, but I still don't know so much. And I feel so deeply true fear of vulnerability, of hurt, of loss. And yet, I trust. In the process, in myself, in my unfolding. I feel fear about not knowing how to make my dreams come true, but I trust in my intuition to show me the next moves. Every piece of art begins with small things, like brushstrokes, like words, like melodies, until something takes shape, until the artist knows how to move things around, fill the space to make something great. I feel like I have a lot to lose and a lot to gain. Maybe this line of my life will make a 90 degree turn and I'll have to find new things to hope for. And maybe this turn will be full of pain like precious glass objects slipping through my fingers, shattering my grasp on hoping. Or maybe the other side will look like possibility, like bigger, better reality. I fear. I trust.
0: Well, this has been really nice.
1: Thank you for this. It's been fun.
0: hmm What? A special person. Thank you so much for tuning into this chat. And I just want to leave you with this song I wrote here that has a working title called Hope. The show was mixed and mastered by Nolan Gray. Follow his work at IndigoSound.studio on Instagram and online.